Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with world-renowned Philadelphia-based jazz bassist Mike Boom. We talked to him on March 15th about his new 2022 CD, Asynchronization Party. Originally a New Yorker, he began piano lessons at the age of eight. Then he went on to become an Eastman School of Music graduate. Then he came on in to Philadelphia with a fresh start off a second stint with drummer Buddy Rich back in 1985, and he stayed in Philadelphia. He's got a rich tale to tell. Enjoy the story. Hey, thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. I appreciate it. No problem. So I guess you hit the nail on the head with that one comment about the music. You know, I think we're at a point with the world going in the direction that it's going, that we need art and we need music more than ever right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the short answer is yeah. And just to double back, yeah, I mean, with this new norm, um, when everything got shut down, it was just really, I mean, as fellow artists, you know, we what could we do? Because this music, it's a social music, a more so, I mean, most music art forms, but jazz in particular, the intimacy, and it's just, it thrived on the being in us playing in front of people, whether it was us going, getting on a plane and going to a big stadium or playing a, a, a concert hall or just a small nightclub or even wherever, just wherever, you know, gatherings, you know. So eventually I think people figured out, wait, we need this music. We got to find a way to open up just enough so we can at least let this stuff come through because this, this is a, a the lack of it is affecting, you know, it's, it's, it's like a nutrient, if you will. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I just kind of go on and off. But I, you know what I'm saying? It just kind of, yeah. it was just eventually people kind of, thankfully, because I was wondering, damn, you know, would, would, are we ever going to play? Is it just going to be live streams, you know? And, and then, like, bands where everybody's, like, six feet apart with plexiglass or, you know, envisioning a norm where it's just kind of, like, we're separated. Um kind of like the Zoom meetings and everybody's like in their own little boxes. But fortunately, you know, knock on wood, I got a piece of, I'm looking for a piece of wood somewhere, you know, so <laughs> we're, we're open up. But I mean, the point is, I mean, I, I tend to, yeah, I'm just thankful that that's happening and we're just trying to find a way to get it out, you know. And with this brand new CD you have out now, um, talk to me a little bit about what it, what it means for this to come out at this particular time with this prospects of being able to promote this live now. Yeah, well, the thing is, well, when I, I guess we have to go back um, a couple of years. Um, we did it um, at um, a place called Chris's Jazz Cafe in Philadelphia. That's I'm from the, I'm, I live in Wilmington, but I was spent a lot of time in Philly, and that's kind of where I, I'm based. And we just did a, um, we were doing these concerts that were almost like kind of fundraisers to keep live stream shows to keep the club running and also maybe you know provide some income for the musicians and also just get the music out there so we just did one of those shows and i got the band together my son he plays with me a lot he's he was 14 at the time his name is makai boone he's a little bit of a, a prodigy of sorts um so it seems and i got um adam nywood um who's the son of the late great jerry nywood who played a lot with chuck mangione a guy named elliot build on trumpet who's a recent um, grad student, um, graduate from the grad program at Temple, and um, Neil Podgorski, who's a little older, who I played with um, in the um, late 90s, early 2000s on piano. And we um, had about two weeks to put this thing together. And um, because we couldn't rehearse, we basically you know did emails and um, sent stuff back and forth because everybody wrote. And 
I said, wow, okay, um, I might have a CD. I mean, I had good personnel, and I'm thinking to myself, I didn't tell those guys, I might, I, well, I figured I would just record it for posterity and just make sure I multi-tracked it. But I'm, I'm going along, so this could be okay if everybody does their homework. Um, I have to go back. The title's called Asynchronization Party, and I didn't really know what that word meant. I'm jumping around, and my 13-year-old daughter, my granddaughter, 12-year-old, I think she was 12, and she was she's in, like, middle school. She was explaining what she thought it meant, what they told her, and basically asynchronization was what they had these days where you just basically were free time. You had to... You could do whatever you wanted. You had a certain amount of work to do, and you could do whatever. You had a deadline, but but that day you could do whatever you wanted. But some kind of way you just had to fit it in. So that's kind of like how it came about. The title tune Elliot wrote, and it just kind of, that's what happened. We just all did our homework, and we went back and forth, and we showed up at the gig an hour before and rehearsed the stuff and did two sets. And I guess, the, you know, God was with us. Everything kind of worked out you know, enough, that, you know, um, so I took the, listen back to the stuff and says, wow, it could work out. So the engineer and myself, we did some post-production stuff in the studio. Um, but most of what you hear is just live from what we did. So um, as far as it coming out now, it's once again, to go back now that uh, things are opening up. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think the time is right. I mean, the music, I think, kind of reflects what we had to kind of go through to get it out. I think people will like it. I think it's a little different from what folks have been hearing, you know, over the past few years or so. That's a whole nother subject. And obviously I'm biased in saying that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an exciting time. And also it's like becoming spring. It's March. You know, hopefully the cold will be moving out. So it's, a, you know, flowers are blooming. So, yeah, you know, once again, you know, the music is just trying to do my part, you know, throw my little two cents in there and see what happens. You, uh, how did all this begin for you? You, you uh, started out in New York and made your way to Philadelphia. Talk to me a little bit about the beginnings and how the Jaws of Jazz got on you. Okay, well, I'm going to try to guess. Um, first of all, I was, um, I was born and raised in New York. East, um, grew up mainly in East Harlem. I was actually a classical pianist at first, and then when I got to music and art high school, which was in the early 70s, like maybe 71, uh, I switched over to um, acoustic bass, but still playing in the classical realm. I got fairly good at that, so I got a scholarship to Eastman School of Music, figuring I'd go away. And my goal at the time, I, my dream was to be the first black bass player in the New York Philharmonic, and I thought that would be you know, I had aspirations for that. So, and I figured, well, I'd go away to school, you know, the Eastman and get away from my folks, you know, and then come back and then see what happens. I started playing jazz up there. Although I started listening in high school, I had no intention of playing, but up there I started actually playing a little bit and I started liking it. So I'm, I'm kind of a late bloomer. So by the time I got to a junior, I was actually playing in the top band and playing some electric bass and, I started touring with um, this entertainer, Ben Vereen, um, who actually turned out he went to performing arts high school in New York City, which was the other half of music and art where I was at. That's a whole other connection right there. Anyway, I, I toured with him for a little while. I took a year off from school, toured with him from 77 to 78, went back to Eastman, finished up, then went back home to New York for a while, still playing with Ben and not really doing anything around town. At one point, um, I met a young lady from Philadelphia, but we were out in Denver. I'm trying to compress everything. Make a long story short, she moved to, Phil to New York with me, stayed with me for a little while. 
didn't like it. I wasn't really doing a whole lot. So she suggested I come to Philly, which I did, which I, when I got here, it was like, oh, my God, what, what happened? What did I do in a previous life that was so bad that you had me exiled to this place? Because I heard a voice say, well, you know you're not coming back. And it's like, oh, Jesus. That was like 1984, 85. Anyway, to make a you know, fast forward, I just kind of immersed myself in the scene. I managed to meet a lot of great players, uh, folks that are no longer with us, folks that are definitely international. I mean, not to name drop, but, I mean, they were just around. You know, folks like Shirley Scott, I did a lot of teaching with her, did a lot of playing with a couple of great drummers, Mickey Roker, uh, Bobby Durham, and um, Billy James, uh Play with a local guy named Bootsy Barnes. Um, whole, whole, there's a slew full of people. Um, I mentioned Shirley Scott. I did say sure. Trudy Pitts, you know. So I had two women that really were very instrumental. And just the whole scene of people that were around, a lot of the old heads, a lot of the folks that were around. So I, I just basically just immersed myself in the scene, and eventually, you know, things started happening for me. And I just ended up teaching a little bit. Just... I just became part of this Philadelphia thing, I guess. Uh, and, and fast forward to 2020, and I live in Wilmington, but I'm still very much part of that thing. And I'm trying to branch out a little bit. You know, maybe the CD will. You know, I'll do some playing with my own groups. You know, I, I, I like. I still do a lot of stuff as a side man. I've been going up to Smalls in New York lately, playing with some you know folks, and just trying to you know just just get around and just, you know, just meet some different players and just try to grow, you know, just like this, this always, you can always, I haven't arrived. I'm just, I feel like I'm just now starting to get to some things, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm a late bloomer, but you know, something's starting to happen. <laughs> yeah, man, totally. Well, what do you like the best about being a musician? You've clearly dedicated yourself to it. You've, you know, grown over the years, but what, what do you look forward to every day waking up as a musician? Well, hope I mean, hopefully I have a gig or some chance to play. I mean, I'm I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm semi-retired, semi-retired, but I do collect Social Security, which is actually a good. I, and I started doing that right as the pandemic hit, you know, just out of necessity because I didn't know we were going to play again. So and as it turns out, that's been a blessing. And so my workload, just in terms of hustling for work, I don't have to hustle as much. I mean, I do have to hustle because there's a lot of you know, great, musicians out here and the, the venues aren't where they used to be that hopefully they're coming back but you know the gigs are quality so to answer your question i just look forward to playing and just trying to make something happen and you know this may sound you know weird or lofty but i look forward to playing for, for people i just look forward to that social interaction i look forward to that spark I look forward to hopefully, you know, make getting a couple of note, more notes right than I did last time. And if not, that's okay. I just 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 playing. It's just it's just such a blessing to play. I I just have more of an appreciation to do it. And I know the folks that have come out, they feel it. So I just want to just you know send that positive vibe out. So that that's for all of those reasons. I mean, I just want to do my part. I hope that, but that it just stays in the game. I mean, that's just real. I mean, I, I can't really put it any other way. I'm just blessed to play. And anytime I'm, you know, that's what I look forward to is making music, you know, playing, kicking the groove out, whatever it is. And just having people be better off than when they came in. So you spent some time with Buddy Rich, correct? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> what did you learn from Buddy? 
Oh, God. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I mean, oh, God. I started with them at 82. I did nine months, most of nine, that, most of 82. And I did another nine-month stint between, I guess it was around August of July of 85 to March of 86. What I learned from him, um, well, consistency, uh, honesty, you know, you didn't, you couldn't rest on your laurels. You know, um, the worst thing Buddy could told me was like I sounded good one night, and it was like, you know, I took it and I was, oh my god, I came back the next day and played. Thought I was doing the same thing, whatever it was, it was different. He was yelling at me, so it's like it doesn't matter what you did. Every night is a different night. Like I said, he was, con- you know, he was consistent. Just that work ethic, and just you know, just and just, and. I learned aspects of time, time playing. I mean, it definitely solidified the other base I had to deal with him. I mean, he was, just, he was just a fireball. But he also left space for me to try to figure out where stuff was. And I, there's so many other I can't really, um, stuff I can't really put into words, but just um, instinctive type things. But just, and just how to listen. I mean, it was, it was hard work a lot of times, but sometimes it was rewarding. And like I said, he, he made me a stronger bass player, he made me a stronger musician. And it was like, I felt like I was kind of thrown in the fire there, but it was, it was a blessing. It was really, once again, it was like, oh God, like, cause back then, like he was known for like being so hard on bass players. So when I got the, I, I remember, so I would never work with this guy. So when I got the call and I needed to work and it was like, oh God, here we go. And it was, it was pretty grueling just in terms of the bus ride. You were on a bus and you'd go out for like maybe literally like maybe a couple months and you literally circle the United States and then you come home for like maybe a couple of weeks and go back out again and then go up to Canada and do something, you know, so it was like a lot of, you know, it was grueling that way, but I was a lot younger and it was kind of exciting. So, I mean, I wouldn't do that now, but it was, um, it was, it was an adventure and, you know, one, I'm, you know, I feel very lucky and blessed to have because I, I take a lot of buddy with me. I mean, my, my work ethic, you know, some, Folks, younger folks have accused me of being a little hard on them, like back in the day, and you know, maybe that's some buddyisms. But it's just you know you want the music to be right. But he wanted the music to be right. He played with, you know, he started out in vaudeville, so he had to deal with a lot of stuff. I know I'm going off, but I think I figured out where he was coming from mentally. There's a reason why he was kind of extra like that, or he, he would you know, snap. He, you know, he, he was in the business as a four-year-old. He had to, you know, had to, he had to grow up real quick. And then he came up in, you know, racism and all that stuff. There's some folks he would have liked to play with, but he couldn't play with, you know, more regularly. And then the people he did play with, and then by the time he, I got on the band, he's this old guy that played with a bunch of people, and he's running around on the bus with a bunch of college kids, you know, and you know, playing some good gigs and some other not-so-great gigs. So, I mean, psyche-wise, you know, I, I'm not really sure what was going on there. He had to wonder i mean he, he was a great drummer I and mean, you know, he still is considered so yeah I, mean, I just tried to i mean i but he was consistent i mean i just you know i don't really have anything bad to say about him i mean i you know i loved him you know i just yeah well, everyone has a perception of who they think you are your family your friends your fans but ultimately you live your life you have a perception of you who do you think you are Come on, man. Um, <laughs> I'm somebody. I'm somebody that 
probably shouldn't even be here. <laughs> By the grace of God and, and you know, and just, uh, just maybe some halfway decent upbringing by my mother and just some good people. I'm, I've been blessed to play, you know, just to even know what this music is, this music in general. It's not even just jazz, but just that thing. You know, so I feel like I'm, I'm, I've been given a gift first to hear it and then to sort of kind of play it halfway decent and that, and make a living. So I'm a musician, but I'm, and, but what is, but what is that? You know, I would like to think I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a servant. I would like to think I'm a friend. I would like to think I'm, and I don't mean to get, I don't mean to sound like some, you know, weird, you know, spaced out type of cat, but that's just what it is. I just, I know that that's what I do. I was put here to, you know, play this bass a little bit and maybe help other people play the bass, help music, whatever, whatever I'm involved with, try to, you know, be cool. And even when I go to the store, just try to be pleasant, just try to live by the golden rule, I guess, do, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, you know, just, just, make, just real basic stuff, you know, and who am I? I'm just another citizen of the earth. Um, identify, I identify as African-American. I'm a musician. You know, I I like all kinds of music. I guess I'm a jazz musician. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. I'm a mentor. I'm I'm just, but I'm here to I'm here to help. <laughs> and if that means not playing or getting out of it, that's good too. I mean, it's all good. You know, it's whatever it is. I I hope I'm in tuned enough to know what to do or what to say. Did I answer your question? Yeah, totally, Mike. Yeah. Okay. This has been great. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Can you tell everybody where they can pick up the new album, the best place, most ideal place to pick it up and, and okay, follow yeah, your, your work? Well, let's see. I mean, I'm 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 probably the least, you know, computer industry savvy person. It's on the TRRC label, which stands for Truth Revolution Recording um, Collective. Another label started by Sakai and Lucas Curtis and their father, Ted Curtis. And they're based out of Connecticut. Um... You can go to them. I have physical copies, you know, which I'm more than happy to mail folks. And you can, the best way to reach me is probably through my email. And if you don't mind, that's E-N-O-O-B-E-K-I-M at yahoo.com. That first long word is actually Mike Boone backwards at yahoo.com. That's, that's a, a good way. Or you can Facebook me, you know, as, um, or uh, Messenger that way. I've done that, you know, because I've, I've had the physical copies for a while now. Um, and or go to T T T R R C and check them out. I don't do they have record stores anymore? <laughs> Probably not. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I got a couple of boxes, but yeah, that's the best way. And hopefully, you know, folks are hearing it on the radio. That's the other thing. I mean, I just want to, you know, just get some music out there and and just. But hopefully, it, it does something. I'm not. I don't have any delusions of grandeur. I'm. I'm, I'm well, I'm kind of thrilled, and I just want to shout out to Lisa Reedy. I mean, I, this is my first, you know, I guess, I've actually done maybe six or seven self-produced things. This is self-produced too, too, but this is the first one where I've actually made the, the leap into actually trying to get it out. So I, I hired a young lady, well, I don't know if she's young, probably young at heart, Lisa Reedy, and she's doing a good job. She facilitated me and us talking, so I'm appreciative of that. So, yeah, I mean, I just want people to get it out. 
And I just want to thank you, Joe, you know, for you know, just taking the time and just letting me ramble like this, you know. So I was, <laughs> I was hoping you'd say a little bit more, but I, I appreciate that. I mean, that's what it's about, just reaching the people. I'm just a real, I'm another guy. Thank you. You ask who I am. I'm a, thank you. I'm just a regular person, but that's who I am, and and that and, and that involves a service all that. Other. But I'm regular. I'm not some genius guy. I'm not some whatever. I'm not some. If I'm if I'm legendary, whatever I'm a legend. Maybe that's true, but as my ex-wife said, that and a token will get you on the subway. Boom, crash. So you know, it's like it's. I'm just trying. I'm here, and I've been blessed to you know get some music from some folks that have moved on, and I'm in a situation where I can play, be current, be present, and also pass what I'm going to learn and still learning to folks that are you know younger folks that are coming on that are really getting a handle on this and just like i said just do my part you know and um but yeah that's it that's who i am beautiful <laughs> so i get talk man. a lot too evidently no, no you're good man no no no. that's what that's what we're doing here we're trying to get to know you and i think we did that mike thank you for taking a minute out to me on jazz good luck as we move forward with the new album and live shows i appreciate it Thank you, Joe. You have a good one, bro. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Philadelphia, New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Mike for his candor, cool, and music. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.